Now, before you think that we're going to play some kind of musical chairs or I'm going to get some, some uh, volunteers for a magic trick, we're not doing that. We want to, uh, uh, I'm just going to preach very shortly today, and then we're going to have some folks come up and share some stories with you. I think it's, it, it's, it's a biblical thing. It's a great thing to uh, come and preach the Word of God, uh, but it also... Uh, sometimes it's just good to hear how that works out in real life, how that, how that uh, kind of does it, you know, how it works. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, the book of James, Faith That Works. Uh, and the reason we titled it with that was because a biblical faith does work out in real life uh, if we trust God. And so today we're going to be uh, talking about that. Some of you I know put on your connection card uh, a few weeks back, hey, do you know that you skipped the last two verses of chapter 1? Is there something in there you don't want us to see or you don't want us to read? No, we're not, we're not changing the Word of God or anything. We knew that Orphan Sunday was coming up, and so we wanted to, to skip those uh, when they kind of fell in the calendar and then come back to them here on Orphan Sunday. And so that's what we were doing. We're not hiding any of the Word of God from you, so don't freak out about that. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, what true religion is. In, in James chapter 1, in the last two verses, verses 26 and 27, he talks to us and tells us what it means to have true religion or real faith, a real relationship with God? What does it look like to be fake? And what does it look like when it's real? And so uh, we're going to take a look at that this morning. But I want to ask you a question as we think about today being uh, Orphan Sunday uh, in a room this big with this many people. How many of you are adopted in this room? Let me see your hands. Okay. So before we go on to James, I want us to look at Ephesians Chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Think about the question I just asked you. In love, he, meaning God, predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now let me ask that question again with a new perspective. How many of you in this room are adopted? Right. You see, folks, I ask you that question because I want you to see that, that adoption is at the heart of God. It, it is really a part of God's character to adopt us. It's the way that we connect to him through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, when we were physically born, we were not part of his family. And I know we hear that phrase all the time, oh, all, all the people are part of God's, we're all part of God's big family. No, we aren't. No, we are not. Only when we put our faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ, to forgive us of our sins, are we adopted into the family of God. So I want you to see what James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 says, uh, with our new perspective on adoption and orphans, and uh, then we're going to talk about this part, and then we'll get into the, the whole discussion, okay? Uh, here's what it says. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Now, we see here that the first point he says here is that worthless, worthless religion is characterized by fakeness and deception. Look back what it says in verse 26. He says, if anyone thinks he is religious 
and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless, meaning that it doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything really. And now you remember, he just, uh, right before this, James was talking about not being a hearer of God's word only, but being a doer of God's word also. He's kind of continuing that idea while marrying it with the idea that our words reveal who we really are. And you remember chapter 2 and 3, he's talking about a lot of what he's talking about is how we speak, what comes out of our mouth. What he's saying is, folks, if you come to church thinking that you've got this relationship with God all figured out, and you can't even control what you say, the only person you're deceiving is yourself. You're not fooling anybody else. And your religion is worthless because it ain't real. It's just something you're doing for a show. Remember, our speech reveals who we are really deep in our hearts. And the fact is, uh, our, our heart sneaks out in our speech all the time. We can try to control it. We can try to, oh, I'm going to be careful what I say, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, folks, what's in us comes out of our mouths probably more often than we really want it to. So that's what characterizes fake and worthless religion. He's saying, listen, if you, if you can't control even what you say, that's a reflection of who you are. And the reality is, even though you're trying to be good on Sundays when you come to church, it's not worth anything. It doesn't accomplish anything. All you're doing is deceiving yourself because everybody else got you figured out. But now let's look at the other side of that coin. While worthless religion is characterized by fakeness and deception, genuine religion is characterized by compassion and righteousness. Remember what it says in verse 27. It says, religion that is pure and undefiled, in other words, real, before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Now, God says that true religion or a true relationship with him is characterized by compassion for those who need compassion and are in need and righteous living. He's saying those are the two things that characterize a, a true Christian, a person with true and, and, and a vital religious uh, experience. In the scripture, widows and orphans are seen as those who are unable to care for themselves and in most need of love and compassion from God's people, the church. God uses this idea in Ephesians 1 to describe our relationship with him. Folks, the reason he adopted us it's because we were helpless and hopeless without him. We were spiritually fatherless. And we were without hope. And then he came along, and as we sang in that song today, he reached out to us, and he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross and pay for our sins so that we could, as he reached down, take his hand and be connected to him and be adopted as his sons and daughters. God's saying, listen, if your connection to me is real... It'll unfold in two ways. We will do our very best to do the right thing at every single time because it's right. Just because it's, it's right. We want to do right. And we care for widows and orphans. We care for those who cannot care for themselves. Now, I know most of you may be thinking, wow, that would be nice. I mean, I can, I can make a widow a meal, but there's no way I could adopt a kid. I mean, that, that's just, 
That's just too much. I mean, Michael, you don't understand where I'm at in life. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand uh, my, my uh, situation. There's no way I could adopt a child. If that's how you're thinking, I want you to pay close attention over the next half hour because we want to open your eyes to all of the possibilities that are out there, not only to their stories and to their answers because I want you to see that there are many options available. Come on up, folks. Many options available to people like us to participate in orphan care.